Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Feckin' Metal. I am your host, Fergal Trainer. So last week I brought you an episode about power metal. It was me discussing power metal, the subgenre of heavy metal, and playing some of my favourite power metal tracks from over the years. And uh, I actually have to say I really enjoyed that episode, and some of you enjoyed it too. Um, so thank you for feedback that I got, positive feedback. Didn't really get any negative feedback for it, so it seems like people enjoyed it. Uh, some of you shared it and, and liked the posts and all that on Twitter, so thank you very much. You know who you are, the golden geese of feckin' metal. Uh, some of you have accumulated some points, not naming any names. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. I think I might do another one of those uh, sometime soon. But I, I did mention I've been working on an arc and I did reveal that recently in a public forum, so I might as well discuss it here. I've been putting together an arc, a, a series of episodes about the band Black Sabbath. Now, that wasn't really the purpose of this podcast when I started, but um, I found that I've become more and more interested in Black Sabbath recently. I've always liked them. I've always been a big fan of them, in fact, and I've seen them a couple of times and whatever. But um, with the recent news that that constantly keeps coming out about the remastered version of Volume 4 and the reissues of uh, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules and this often promised but never uh, delivered uh, new version of Forbidden. I've, and, and, and I've also been listening to a Sabbath Bloody podcast, which is an excellent podcast, which I suggest that you all listen to. Uh, for those familiar with Talking Maiden, it's like the Black Sabbath version of Talking Maiden. Although Rye, the host, is not a fan of Iron Maiden, controversially. But he's a good guy. He He's a Canadian uh person <laughs> canadian human man and he lived in ireland for several years so i think it's funny because he's picked up loads of irish slang along the way and it's, it's funny for me to listen to a canadian with like loads of different irish slang um but yeah it's really good he, he breaks down each uh, black sabbath album album by album in the initial episodes and then he starts doing years of ozzy osbourne's career one after the other so in consecutive order so he'd be like ozzy osbourne 79 80 81 etc etc um and then i think he's gone on to a new format recently i can't quite remember now oh he's doing the live albums now um but yeah so have a listen to that um so basically over the last few months i've just gotten really into black sabbath and the new wave of traditional heavy metal was what I started this podcast to cover off mainly, and I did do a lot of that, but I think I burned through a lot of that really quickly. And I am trying to line up some guests, but they're not going to be around for a while. Um, they want to coincide their appearances with uh, promotional opportunities, with album releases and things like that, which is, of course, that's understandable. So I decided I'm going to do this for a few weeks. So it's a, it's an arc on the band Black Sabbath. I intend to focus on six different eras of the band. It's going to be 70s part one, 70s part two, 80s part 1, 80s part 2, 90s part 1, and then it's going to be after the, uh, sorry, reunion and afterwards. So the 90s part 1 is going to go right up to before the reunion, so right up to the Forbidden album. And then after that, it's going to be everything that came afterwards. So you're talking about reunion with Ozzy, uh, live album release, the odd song here and there and singles that were released, failed album with Rick Rubin. Um, the Dio Years album, which featured three freshly recorded tracks with Ronnie James Dio, and then the Heaven and Hell band, and then the the final tours with Ozzy and stuff as well. So there's a lot to discuss. I've, I've already recorded 80s part one with a guest, uh, so I'm doing them out of sequence, which is a bit weird, but trying to synchronize five different guests is quite diff- difficult. Um, but I do have some interesting people who've agreed in principle to do it. So anyway, that's what's coming up uh, soon. And it's not going to be a massively deep dive. There'll be some episodes which will be covering off four albums in an episode, but it's going to be a general overview of the time period and the players involved and the comings and goings. And personally, I think Black Sabbath are one of the most interesting heavy metal bands. 
I'd say they're even more interesting in many ways than Iron Maiden um, because of the comings and goings and because of the sheer number of members they had and the absolute madness of the likes of Ian Gillen from Deep Purple all of a sudden being the singer in Black Sabbath. <laughs> the massive crossover between Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and Rainbow and it's just everybody's like... Like it's like singing off the same hymn sheet. That's not the right phrase, but like it's like this melting pot of um, bands that are all just like swapping members left, right, and center. And it's just fascinating. And if you delve into it, the um, the kind of uh, what would you call it? like the incest between these bands, like White Snake, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Rainbow, in the seventies and eighties, was hilarious and was widespread. Um, and I just find it's it's really interesting, and it, the the music is also quite interesting because because Black Sabbath, unlike a band like Iron Maiden, let's say, who write, who mainly stuck to the same style but progressed a bit, uh, Black Sabbath have gone through a number of different styles from the early seventies, uh, blues influenced hard rock that became the first heavy metal, to the arena rock of the Dio era, which was like mainstream American sounding heavy metal with flashy guitar solos and like just a much more accessible form of, of heavy metal. Then we went on to Ian Gillen fronting Deep Purple, which was, again, a bluesier kind of singer, um, which I think worked really well. And then we just went through um, Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple. Then we had Tony Martin. Uh, then we had Dio again. Then we had Tony Martin again. Then we had Ozzy again. Then we had Dio again. Then we had Ozzy again. Then we had Dio again. Then we had Ozzy again. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not enough to keep up your interest in what's coming, then I don't know what is. Uh, probably won't be next week. Again, there's some scheduling issues, logistical issues trying to get this up and running. But um, it'll be probably the week after. Maybe. We'll see. Anyway, for this week, it's just me. But thanks again for your interest and all the new followers I've got recently. Um, thank you. I appreciate you uh, following, listening and interacting with me on Twitter. It's at Metalcast on Twitter if you want to join in the conversation there. Uh, good crack the last couple of weeks on Twitter. As always, there's a good group of people there, and um, it's always enjoyable to interact with, with everybody. You know who you are. You're listening. And if you're not, then you will be. Make sense of that. I, I don't. I can't. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I even had I have one listener who told me that um, he listened to the Power Metal episode on the way to get his COVID-19 vaccination. Of course, for GDPR purposes, that person cannot be revealed. Um, so in a completely unrelated topic, today uh, was the first anniversary of Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast. And uh, he wanted to celebrate by having a Frey Bentos pie. And um, I thought that was a fantastic idea. And people who follow me on Twitter will realize that I bought a Frey Bentos pie recently, uh, completely influenced by Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast, because he talks about them a lot and I actually used to quite like them and haven't had one in a couple of years so I bought one there but I had terrible terrible trouble cooking it and uh, documented this on Twitter I find it very difficult to get the pastry underneath the top to cook properly even even when I follow the cooking instructions so um, that was uh, an ordeal but I eventually did cook but I had to slice open the pie and, and I opened it up and it was all it was an ordeal but um, it was tasty it was good Uh Jam, other than that, uh, lately, yeah, last week I touched on Dio versus Halford. A lot of talk on Twitter about that. There is really no point in, in talking back and forth about it. It's it's two people who are the best heavy metal singers of all time, and you're probably clutching at straws to describe why one is better than the other marginally. Um, I was just enjoying the banter and kind of taking the piss a bit on, on Twitter. Um, that's part of the fun as well for me. 
but um, it was, I don't know. There was obviously there's not going to be a conclusion to who's better, but um, it was interesting because it got a lot of people talking about Dio and Black Sabbath, and um, and and very nicely timed was the announcement of Dio's autobiography, uh, which is coming out in July 2021 this year. So it's a very interesting take on an autobiography in that most of it was written by Ronnie James Dio, obviously in the first person, before he died in 2010. But the remainder has been written by Mick Wall, the famous rock writer who's written biographies and autobiographies for many different people, uh, including a biography of Black Sabbath, one on Iron Maiden, that was the official biography. He's done one for Led Zeppelin, ACDC, Metallica, um, all sorts of people. Uh, he did Don Arden's official autobiography, although went to war with Sharon Osbourne about that one. And he's done various different books over the years, uh, um, many different books. He wrote for Kerrang!, he wrote for Classic Rock and was, was one of the founding uh, writers for Classic Rock magazine. He's written for everybody about any band that's mattered in the last 30 years, 35, 40 years even, sorry. Anyway, he has written the rest of Ronnie James Dio's autobiography as if he is Ronnie writing it. So it's not quite a ghost-written book, but it's more taking the mantle from somebody who passed away while writing his own autobiography. I don't know if I've ever encountered uh, this before i don't can't think of any example of this where an autobiography is half finished and then somebody else writes the rest of it but wendy dio dio's former manager and wife um was happy for him to do it and apparently they pieced together dio's opinions and his voice from many media interviews he gave um that cover off the part of the career that he didn't get to cover off where, because he had only written up to a certain point. I can't remember what it was, but he'd written up to a certain point. And then after that, Mick Wall is going to take it up and he's going to write as if he's Dio. But they, yeah, they pieced it together from various different interviews and things Dio had written and said to other people. So that should be interesting. He's led such an interesting career in life and everybody always says that he's the nicest person in the world, but then also he's fallen out with a lot of people and you don't really hear those stories a lot. He fell out with Richie Blackmore more. He fell out with Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler more than once. Uh, he fell out with um, Vivian Campbell famously in the original Dio lineup. So, you know, he's not untouchable either. Everyone has a nice story to tell about him, but he fell out with people routinely for decades. So it'll be interesting to hear that on his side of the story. Um, yeah, but some... some uh, some of my Twitter followers and I had a very interesting Zoom chat there recently, um, and it was great to put faces to names of people who regularly listen to not just my podcast, but Uncle Steve's podcast and Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast, and we're also fans of Talking Maiden. So there's a nice community there on Twitter, and uh, it was Alejandra who suggested that we do a Zoom chat to coincide with the Twitter listening party of um, Powerslave. So um, I organized that because i had a zoom pro account and i just well i didn't organize it i got people to send me their email addresses but alejandra had suggested it and um set that one up and uh by the end of it i was gay-eyed to be honest and if you don't know what gay-eyed means go and look it up i'm sure it's on urban dictionary but it was really enjoyable to put names to faces and it's actually kind of a bit odd to um to see people who i know listen to the podcast it puts them in the position of being real people and not just anonymous figures clocking up on a counter that tells you how many downloads you've had uh, but it was good or strange in a good way um what else did i want to talk about oh yeah i did a i did a poll on twitter there recently discussing brian head welch from corn i'm not sure if it's welch or welsh i'd say it's welch it's sure it's welch uh, 
Brian Head Welch from Corn had mentioned that the band hates doing encores and originally didn't want to do them at all uh, because they feel it's really formulaic and predictable and uh, they like to go out and give their all um, and not do this kind of you know, everyone knows it's going to be an encore, blah, blah, blah. But they've been forced into a position of doing encores over the years because the fans almost reject it if if you don't do an encore if you're a band. It's seen as being rude and just, it's not what's expected of a band. And I put up a poll saying, uh, this is an interesting stance on playing encores from Brian Head Welch. Uh, that name doesn't sit well with me. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on encores? And I put up, they're, they're an essential part of the show. It's predictable or boring. I go home before them. And the last one was a kind of a joke answer, but it was corn are still around. Um, but 71.4% of you voted that it's an essential part of the show. 214 said it was predictable or boring. No one said I go home before them, although I've seen this a lot. So maybe those people just didn't answer the um, the poll. And 7.1% uh, of people said corn are still around. Uh, but I was surprised that 71.4% of people think it's an essential part of the show. Personally, I... It's like a bit of a pantomime, I think. It's like, oh, no, you're not. Oh, yes, they are. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's that type of thing. It's like a call and response. It's like, oh, we're going home now. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Uh, we certainly won't be back out. Good night. Good night, Dublin. Good night, Mexico. Good night, Bournemouth. Uh, you know, we'll see you next year. Whatever. And then they come back out and they play three songs. I don't know. I probably would miss it if it were gone. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably say, yeah, it's an essential part of the show. But it is a kind of a bit ridiculous as well <laughs> it's everyone is in on the act to the point of like if i suppose it's actually so embedded in the culture now of live shows if a band didn't come out you'd think they were pissed off at you <laughs> or you'd done something wrong or you'd offended them in some way so i suppose it is an essential part of the show so there you go uh, on that other stuff on twitter recently has mainly been about laundry me uh, wearing my t-shirts and washing them and them shrinking and things like that and don mcintyre actually suggested that i'm I call this podcast, or I launched a podcast called Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Fergal's Laundry Zone. And I was tempted to open this podcast saying, hello and welcome to Uncle Fer Fergal's Laundry Zone. But I decided against it just in case there were any first-time listeners there listening. Uh, and I did something like that once upon a time on a recent episode. And I kind of, afterwards, I, I kind of regretted that. It was like, if somebody's listening for the first time here, they won't have a notion what's going on. Um, it was almost too in-jokey. Um, but there you go, anyway. I'm not going to start a laundry podcast. I did joke that... Uh, I was subtly getting it together on Twitter, uh, but no, I'm not going to. But I, I did speak one time about um, the uh, washing machine um, product Calgon on the parent podcast of this podcast, The Feckin' Check-In with my co-host Toomey, uh, and we did speak about Calgon, uh, and, and they're badly dubbed advertisements, so I don't know if you've noticed this in your country, but Calgon uh, in Ireland is is commonly sold to clean out your washing machine to free it from lime scale and the ads are obviously recorded in a foreign language and the ad is then dubbed into english and the actors in the ads mouths are not moving in accordance with the words that they're saying you know dubbing you've seen it before um but i always i at the, at the time thought it was shocking that a company as big as calgon it's one of those massive conglomerates um that they didn't bother hiring english speaking actors those ads so that's the only laundry tie-in you're actually going to get on feckin metal but if you'd like to listen to the original episode of the feckin check-in where i speak about calgon it's episode six of the feckin check-in launched on the 25th of may 2020 it's in the same feed as feckin metal on any of your podcast apps there so laundry tie-in there you are done now this week i am going to bring you uh, some songs from classic bands but i'm also going to bring you some songs from newer bands new wave of traditional heavy metal bands because i think those two 
in conjunction with one another are what keeps this podcast afloat episodes on the likes of iron maiden and things like that and then episodes where i interview um bands from oh sorry interview members from current or modern recent uh, new wave of traditional heavy metal bands so i'm not oblivious to the fact that either of those things are, are drawing in listeners um and i intend to go down the legacy bands route in my next arc which is about black sabbath so i'm just going to give you a balanced um selection of a few tracks with my comments on them and my comments on the bands as well so to start off i'm going to play a couple of tracks from none other than black sabbath oh of course it's uh, tony iomi's 73rd birthday today as i record this so happy birthday tony uh, happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear tony happy birthday to you but yeah because of that i'm going to play some couple of black sabbath songs here uh, i've been doing a lot of listening to black sabbath recently in preparation for the arc doing a bit of reading as well some texts uh, mick wall's book ozzy's book tony iomi's book uh, so i'm in a big deep black sabbath rabbit hole a hole in the sky maybe rabbit hole in the sky i don't know i don't know um but yeah the first song i'd like to play for you is f- um from the album that they recorded with ian gillen that i mentioned earlier this one is called born again the album is sorry not the track and this one is just for you rye from sabbath bloody podcast keep it warm rat <laughs> So that's from uh, Born Again from 1983 with Ian Gillen, the only album to feature Ian Gillen as the singer. And uh, that album caused uproar in some circles when it was released. Uh, Some of the uproar from Ian himself, who thought it was horrendous. Uh, It was either the artwork or the music he thought was horrendous. There's different stories about it, but um, I think that's a really good song. It's uh, towards the end of the album there, and uh, it's just a fantastic, catchy um, track that you wouldn't expect from Black Sabbath in the previous lineups but you did get in um, the 1983 version of Black Sabbath which was a one album deal but uh, yeah keep it warm a lot of people I'm guessing will never have listened to that album because it's so badly reviewed and it's so hated and um, I like giving these albums a chance sorry I said it's towards the end it's the final track on the album Um, yeah keep it warm rat Uh, don't forget that your man is coming home alright that's keep it warm from 1983's Born Again and now I would like to uh, feature a a clip from a track from 1987 and this is from The Eternal Idol so this is the first album with Tony Martin again not a very popular figure in Black Sabbath circles um, or not circles but like fans amongst the fans in some circles something to do with circles Jesus Um, but I, I, I think he's he's 
contributed quite a lot to Black Sabbath. And I don't want to talk too much about him or about Ian Gillen, but I just wanted to give you a little taster about what some of these episodes are going to feature. Uh, because I don't, want to, I don't want to encroach upon the material that will be discussed in the episodes, or in some cases already has been discussed. But um, this song is called The Shining. It's from The Eternal Idol, which was released in 1987, the first of five albums to feature singer Tony Martin. It's kind of shocking that Tony Martin has appeared on five Black Sabbath albums. Uh, that's The Eternal Idol, Headless Cross, Tear, uh, cross purposes and forbidden and a live album cross purposes live where he did where he performed songs from the entire sabbath discography the only singer to have ever done so um, so he's unique in many ways in that he um well he came and went he did five different albums he sang the material of virtually everyone everyone i'm not sure if he did gill and stuff but he certainly did everyone else's um and yeah he was on the second highest number of albums to ozzy osbourne and he was in the band as long as Ozzy Osbourne. Well, actually, that's not true if you count um, when Ozzy returned and stuff. But the his stint is the same length of time as Ozzy's original stint, more or less, maybe give or take a year. Okay, we won't we won't um, split hairs that much. But he was in the band more or less the same length as Ozzy. Did five albums with him, uh, more than Dio, um, and it's just fascinating to me. Anyway, here's I'm going to stop talking now. Here's the Shining, which I think is a fantastic riff and just a great song. Shining from 1987's Eternal Idol. You might want to check that album out. Got some other great tracks on there. Um, another band, a classic band, and they're kind of always in the news as well because there's always some kind of release, a live release or some piece of merchandise or something like that, is Motorhead. And I was chatting to a friend at his show, Philip Trummer, um, recently there, and he was saying he picked up a few Motorhead albums and I was just talking to him uh, on Facebook Messenger and I was like, this is one of my favorite albums um or sorry the snakebite love he had in his hand and i was like one of my favorite songs from that album and from motorhead in general is is one you don't hear a lot about and it's called dead and gone uh, so it's from the 90s era motorhead it's not the most popular era with some people but i think they released some excellent albums have previously featured the song overnight sensation a clip of that and um yeah i think it's an excellent song but here's the song dead and gone a bit of a unique and different song from motorhead Spoke to the devil, he turned away All of my friends were there They didn't have no time to spare Turn me down, turn me down Step back and I hit the ground Turn me on, turn me on Everything I 
Alright, that was Dead and Gone, that's from Snakebite Love in 1998, and I want to play a clip from one more song from that album, again, something very different from Motorhead, I felt, a slower kind of song, very melodic, but the melody is kind of lurking beneath the heaviness of the guitars and Lemmy's ever-increasingly Lemmy-esque vocals, they just got more and more um, distinctively Lemmy as the years went on, to the point where in the 2000s, he was almost barking into the microphone, but in a really good way, like on Kiss of Death. I I read a review of that, I think it was in Classic Rock, and it was saying that um, Cameron Webb, the producer, he recorded Lemmy's vocals so closely that you could almost taste the Jack and Coke on his breath uh, for that album. But, yeah, here's the song Joy of Lady. So that was Joy of Labour by Motorhead as well, and that's all I'm going to play for you from uh, classic bands. Just a bit of Sabbath, a bit of Motorhead, can't go wrong with either of those. And in my mind, all eras of both of those bands are worth investigating and listening to. And if there are whole decades of their music that you've avoided because you don't think it's any good, go and have a look because you'll find some diamonds in the rough in there if you look for them. Just listen to each each album once. If you have a streaming um streaming uh, subscription to like spotify or something uh, it's all there for you you know great music at your fingertips okay so um i want to play a song i'm laughing because i think the song is so funny so this band is called pounder and they are from los angeles they're formed in 2017 uh, it features a member uh, tom draper of carcass uh, but it features members it's kind of like a little super group it features members of uh, many different bands or ex-members of many different bands these these guys have been in bands like angel witch uh, crown and glory exhumed decapitator expulsion um uh, amongst others so it's a group of three three people alejandro corridor uh, tom draper and matt harvey and they have formed a little power trio called uh, pounder and pounder have released um a couple of singles and eps but they've released two full-length uh, albums now one in 2019 called uncivilized and one that's just released in 2021 uh, called uh, breaking the world but i want to play a clip from a song for you it was on the first album um, and it's called fuck off and die
love that song. It's it's so catchy, and I love the phrase "fuck off and die" as well. It's a bit too much for some people, but it expresses the utmost frustration with something or someone. I think, and I don't know if there's anything that can capture that level of frustration or annoyance better than that phrase. Uh, but I love the lyrics in the chorus. It's like "never break, never bend to the end," because that's what it takes to defend. Look those bastards dead in the eye and say "fuck off and die." And if that's not heavy metal, I don't know what is. That's been on my feckin' metal official playlist for a long time. I never mentioned it actually on a show, but I just added it because I thought people might like it. So there you go, that's Pounder. Fuck off and die. Um, Another song I wanted to play for you is from a Scottish band called Tantrum. So Tantrum features Stephen Waddle, who's also in Oath SC. Well, he is Oath SC, basically. A band I featured and mentioned on the podcast numerous times. This features him on guitar, um, and there's uh, three other guys in the band as well, Billy Angus on drums, uh, Stu Condy on uh, guitars, and Richie Davison on bass. So they're a four-piece band. They're from Scotland, uh, West Lothian, Scotland, the same place as Marillion's uh, Fish, Stephen alerted me to. And of course, uh, uh, Merlion have a song called Heart of Lothian um, I just never knew that uh, Stephen was from there specifically but he, he told me and he's a big fan of Fish and Merlion so there you go as am I well more Merlion early stuff I haven't really listened to too much Fish solo stuff to be honest but uh, yeah so there you go anyway from the Heart of Lothian it's um, it's Tantrum so this is his, his band he was in before Oath which is kind of a side project or a splinter thing um, and they've been going since 2015 they had an EP in 2016 called Rough Cuts and then they released a full length in 2018 um, and that is called Melt It Down so this is my favourite song off that album it's called New World Order it's track number two and I wanted to play you a clip from that <laughs> So that was New World Order by Tantrum from Scotland, uh, Stephen Waddle's band he was in before he started with Oath SC. And I think that's a really good classic sounding heavy metal album. Um, Epitomises new wave of traditional heavy metal, you know, current bands playing in the style of the bands they were inspired by, but not aping those bands, adding their own flourishes. They even have a song called New Wave of British Heavy Metal, Nawabum. Uh, it's track six on that album. Um, but yeah, that type of music just speaks to me, and I love it, and I'll always love it, I think, and that's a great example of it. And that band is still a going concern. It's just uh, they hadn't done anything in a couple of years, and then obviously we went into lockdown. So um, yeah, I'd look forward to catching them on some festival in, in the UK or if they ever make it to Ireland at any point. I'd love to see them. They've done a lot of touring. Uh, Stephen has told me they supported Oliver Dawson Saxon. 
uh, and some other bands as well and played at some festivals uh, in Scotland and other places so I'd love to go and see them and Oath if Oath ever goes on the road as well and I'm sure maybe if one does then the other might join as well so that's something to look forward to and speaking of Oath or Oath SC uh, it's it's always Oath to me you'd swear the band has been around for decades and I'm one of these grizzled old school fans who won't change with the times when realistically the band or the project has been around for a short number of years and the name change uh, came a few months ago but uh, Oath SC this is from the album Computer Warrior so when I was speaking to Stephen, that album hadn't been released yet. I spoke to him a couple of months ago on Feckin' Metal. But it has been released now to great critical acclaim, and Oath have done very well. Um, the Oath SC early catalogue is now on uh, it's now on Spotify and other streaming platforms, so you can check out Legion and Legacy on there if you want. It wasn't previously on Spotify. Stephen was not a fan, but he's experimenting with it to see if it's worth his while. Um, but the Computer Warrior album is still a, a Bandcamp exclusive or a physical purchase. It hasn't been actually sent out in the post yet, I don't think. But that, those are getting sent out shortly by Stephen. So uh, this song is called Computer Warrior. Or sorry, this is from Computer Warrior and it's called Mean Streets. <laughs> you are okay so that's going to do it for episode 21 of feckin metal thank you for joining me again on this episode i hope to bring you to black sabbath arc soon maybe next week maybe not watch this space i'll keep you updated on twitter it's at feckin metal cast on twitter if you'd like to speak to me on facebook it's feckin check-in podcast on facebook and uh, if you want to email me about feckin metal it's feckin metal at gmail.com so that's going to do it for this week uh, i will speak to you next time and thank you for listening Oh, my God.